Welcome back to Ready, Set, Review, your favorite podcast for movies, music, comics, and culture. I'm Anthony. And I'm Matt. And we are excited. The time has finally arrived. We are here, full April speed. We've been talking about it for a long time, how much has been going on in April, things that we were excited for. So uh, we're going to jump right into it here. Uh, We've got a great show here. We're going to talk about some really cool things, Uh, get a chance to talk about the first episode of Game of Thrones that happened just last night. And we'll get a chance to talk about uh, Shazam as well. And then, of course, a surprise for the Will It Suck segment. So, uh, so yeah. So, you know, let's kind of kick things off here. Um, I guess first and foremost, you know, we're just kind of chatting about it a little bit before the show here. Um, we'll, we'll mention the fact we went to WrestleMania this Oh, yeah, year. we did. And holy shit, was it a marathon? God, the <laughs> longest WrestleMania I think I've ever seen. Oh, man. I mean, we got there around, I want to say, 1230 yeah. or yeah. so, because we went to an awesome tailgate that was actually in the news. Um, because uh, Oh, really? It made the news? Yeah, it made the news. Here oh, because of the wedding. Because of the wedding, right? <laughs> so there was a wedding that happened at our tailgate party. Um, and a big shout out to the crew from Squared Circle Entertainment for putting on just an absolute top notch uh, tailgate party. We had a DJ, there was music, there was tons of booze. I personally made about 250 jello shots, uh, which of which there was only about 37 that were left. Yeah, we did some damage on those. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. But um, yeah, I mean, start to finish, the actual show itself was about seven and a half hours. So if you yeah. count the pre-show, it started at five o'clock and then did not end until uh, 12.30, so just past midnight. And, and not for nothing, holy cow, WrestleMania did the thing that they do from time to time that irks the shit out of me when some of the best matches were in the pre-show. Yeah, yeah the best matches, and then... The Brock Lesnar match was the first match that was on the And that was amazing. I love the fact they opened with that. It was great. It was I really liked that Seth Rollins won, although I didn't predict it. I thought Brock Lesnar was gonna win. Oh, I knew Seth Rollins was gonna win. There was no way Brock Lesnar was walking out with that title. Yeah. Not a chance. A little bit of a botch finish for the main event, a little bit of a A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. And of course (laughs) Ronda Rousey got injured, she broke her hand. So they're saying that she's not only going to be out, she's going to be out for most of the year. Good. So <laughs> I'm done with Ronda Rousey. I like Ronda Rousey. I really thought she had picked up some momentum and she was really on a tear. I was really excited to see like how they were going to do this, but nope, now she's out. Yeah, so. my, my problem with Ronda Rousey is that I think she's, she's really uh, advanced in the ring. I, I think she's fun to watch in the ring. And I, and I, I like her promos, but there's something about her, her gimmick doesn't yeah. always seem to match with her facial expression. You know what yeah. I mean? Like well, she's just perpetually angry, and it's like it just doesn't. I don't know. I, there's something about her gimmick that just doesn't sit well with me. I so don't find it entertaining. One of, one of the hardest parts about professional wrestling is not unlike movies, is especially uh, martial arts movies, because if you take a look at martial arts movies, you have to make one of two decisions: you either try and take an actor right. and teach them martial arts. Or you take a martial artist and try and teach them how to act, right? And it's a lot easier to teach an actor martial arts than it is to teach a martial artist how to act. And that's exactly what they're doing. When it comes to professional wrestling, you have to have a certain amount – and I say a certain in – 
very lightly. I mean, you have to have an exceeding amount of natural athletic ability in order to be successful as a yeah. professional wrestler. So Ronda Rousey on that end has a lot of natural athletic ability, but she doesn't know how to cut a promo. She doesn't know the, the other end of it, which yep. is the, the personality, the charisma, you know, all of that, that certain wrestlers just do phenomenally. Um, and some wrestlers, and, and take a look at Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, not exactly the greatest wrestler in the world, but he had charisma seeping yeah. through his pores, and that's why he was the biggest star of all time. You know, so yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that's the that's really sort of you put in a nutshell what my issue with Ronda Rousey is. Yeah. Um, but me personally, I was, and I and 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 I knew this was going to happen. I loved seeing. Um, Becky Lynch win in oh, the main yeah. event. Like, that was just awesome. Very satisfying. Yeah. You knew it was going to happen. And But the only thing that I felt was that because the show was so ridiculously long, that just by the end, it yeah. was almost going through the motions. Yeah, that was like, a problem. You knew that Becky Lynch was going to, and you were just like, all the life was just sucked out of the crowd, you know? And so, like, it was hot for moments and then just really not for a lot of it. And these three women gave it their absolute all. I mean, they made an absolute spectacle. Charlotte had a nasty cut on her elbow and she was bleeding from. Yeah. Uh, Ronda Rousey, like we said before, broke her hand. Right. And Becky Lynch, you know, got some bumps and bruises. I mean, it was a very hard hitting match and it was really great. Very exciting. If it had happened an hour and a half before. Yeah. And that's one thing that 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 uh, WWE does a lot with their their pay-per-view events, especially WrestleMania. And I get why they do it. But at this one, especially, it's really stuck out to me with the. There were so many great matches, and then, like you said, you know, after the Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan match, which was phenomenal, yeah. we had these three just like snoozer fucking matches, and it yeah. didn't help that one. Of, oh, by the way, yeah, I, I've gone, I've gone back to disliking Roman Reigns. <laughs> the, the fucking that he guy got booed. He got booed dude, at WrestleMania, man. He got booed. That guy's oh. entrance had more pyrotechnics than the rest of the fucking spectacle put together nobody they, else had more pyrotechnics than just him they it just i don't understand they, they keep trying to make him this big star give the fans what they want they want to boo roman reigns let them boo him make yeah, him a make bad him a guy heel. make him a bad guy he would he would be so great i'm telling you if you took samoa joe you took the usos and you took Roman Reigns, you put them into a faction together and make it a heel Samoan faction. Yeah, that's racist. Dude, it is racist. But, <laughs> but it'll, it'll work. work. It'll work. It'll work. It'll, it'll work. so work. It's a bit old school. It'll definitely work. All of those guys have got talent seeping out their pores, right? And they're all tough guys. Yeah. They're all legitimate tough guys, right? And you just you can just put them in there, right? You just don't need Roman Reigns as this failed attempt at a, at a superhero. It's yeah, no, not totally. Good. And his, it's not good. His match, and like, I think that it was so that boring. he was getting booed just, is just such a big, it's just a big tell of like who he is and what the, the yeah. fans really think of him. And it was even more annoying because it's like, you know, you knew going into it that there was, like the other matches, you know, there was a lot of talk of Who's gonna win? And you know, like we all sort of, we all sort of assumed that Kofi was gonna take the belt. You know, yeah, you and I disagreed I about Brock and Seth, yep. as a lot yep. of people did. A lot yep. of people thought that you know Charlotte was gonna win or that Ronda was gonna win. Yep. A lot of people did not see the Iconics winning their tag team match. There was a lot Definitely. of, there was a lot of, you know, um, speculation and theories about who was gonna win. But the Roman Reigns Drew McIntyre match is one of those matches where it's just like, oh. 
Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I wonder who's going to win this match, and I wonder how they're going to do it. Oh, a Superman punch and a spear? Shocking. I didn't yeah. see that coming. But, like, so they, they did the Samoa Joe match with Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio, and it was a squash match. Yeah. Great. Love it. Always Great. fun to see a Love squash. It. Yeah, and especially with Samoa Joe, because he's such, like, he, again, yeah. he's a, a tough guy. Yeah, he's dominating. Right? So, but I, I think that the Roman Reigns match should have just been a squash match. Like, it just, I think that it went on, I don't even know how long the match was. I think it was like seven or eight minutes. Yeah, way too it long. Was, it, was, it was seven or eight minutes too long. I yeah, mean, boring. I think he should have come out and he should have just squashed him and then that would have been it. Exactly. But, you know, but I mean, it was a great show, great experience. We had phenomenal seats. Um, just uh, a phenomenal Those would be experience. box seats. Yeah, we had, not only did we have a box, but we had a box a that sweet. was... So we had a sweet. It was too sweet. It was too sweet. It was too sweet. <laughs> and our suite happened to be right next to Colin Jost. Yes. Uh, and next to uh, Keenan Michael Key, uh, who was in the box next to us, uh, which really cool people. And I also um, saw Phil Murphy, who was oh, yeah, the governor. Oh, yeah, Phil Murphy. Who inexplicably just, at WrestleMania. Yeah, just happens to be at WrestleMania. Well, I mean, come on. It's only bringing millions and millions of dollars or the revenue into your town or Dude, into your uh, state. If so. I had just been a little bit more sober, I would have like said something to him other than hello because like we're walking, we're coming yeah. towards him in the hallway, and then, you know, he's like a tall guy and he's like yeah. goofy looking, and I'm wasted at this point because it was early yeah, on in the night, <laughs> and I just see him and I'm staring at him and he sees me staring at him with that big goofy smile. He goes, "Hey, how are you?" And I go, "Good. How are you?" And he goes, "Good. Thanks." He keeps on walking. I'm like. Did is that fucking Phil Murphy? I walk back in the middle, like I just saw Phil Murphy. I was like, what? Uh, <laughs> like, what was he doing there? It's like it's like that um, that that moment from um, from Get Him to the Greek. It's just like I love your shit, man. Yeah, <laughs> like so wasted <laughs> that you don't know what to say. It's just, yeah. oh, I love your shit. <laughs> he puts the microphone over and he goes, "I'm so fucking wasted right now." <laughs> So yeah, uh, WrestleMania 35 was yeah. fucking amazing. It was yeah. such a great time. We were also one of the lucky ones. We got out before the uh, New Jersey Transit and Uber fiasco. Oh, man, People disaster. were apparently waiting for like a train until about three o'clock in the morning. In the rain. Yeah. Yeah. So um, which, pretty excited which we got out. Really <laughs> funny. Just wrestling fans being wrestling fans. So of course, when wrestling fans in a group are together, <laughs> right? When they get angry or agitated, what do they do? They chant. Yep. So there was a series of chants that went on. Uh, everything from 1-800-CARS-FOR-KIDS <laughs> to uh, New Jersey sucks to uh, when it really started to rain, uh, they started chanting J.G. Wentworth. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. Just, which just is such a ridiculous thing to chant. Like, just in this sue-happy culture of ours. God. Right? Just chanting for this lawyer commercial. <laughs> this cheesy. Like, I almost wanted him to chant, like, Saul. Goodman, yeah, right. Law, right? <laughs> oh, and I also loved when Hulk Hogan came out oh, and had his man. classic uh, location botch when he called it the MetLife Center. Yeah, the MetLife Center. <laughs> and he literally makes fun of himself for making a, a, a location botch that he did at WrestleMania 30 and then immediately makes another like botch. So, so good. But Hulk Hogan, you know what? You can do no more wrong in my eyes. Yeah, 100%. You're still, you're still my hero. Oh, yeah. Brother. Oh, yeah. So speaking of heroes, mantra, now we're going to get into... Yeah, thank you. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> that would be the Marshall Man Randy Savage and not Hulk Hogan. Speaking of heroes, <laughs> Anthony and I 
got a chance to go see Shazam. Oh, and man. We have a lot to say about this movie. Yes, and we do. Let's just start with the headline. Okay. This movie was fucking awesome. Yeah, this movie was just so great. It was, in my opinion, of all of the DCEU that has been put to film oh. so far, by far the best movie. Unquestionably By the far. Best. It's better than Wonder Woman. It's way better than Aquaman. Yeah. Um, definitely better than Batman versus Superman. It goes without saying. Better than Justice League. goes without saying. <laughs> <laughs> and certainly better than Man of Steel. Yeah, another news: the um, sky is blue and water yeah. is wet. The thing that I was actually very surprised, and I want to, you know, because it was the first thing that I really realized. Because when the movie started getting going, uh, we were, I was sitting there uh, with Monster Bunny, and we were watching the trailers before the movie, and I was very surprised. I'm like, why are there so many movies that for little kids, like before yeah. this? And like, I didn't really get it. I didn't really realize it, but. Shazam is a kids movie. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not like uh, any other superhero film. Like, if you watch Thor Ragnarok, Thor Ragnarok is an adult movie that's a comedy. This was 100% a kids movie. Yeah, no, totally. I really I really liked that uh, that whole setup. I totally agree with you. And it's like, yeah. it, it, it really captures all of the elements of of his character because you know one of the coolest things about Shazam is that and they and they do a lot of this in the movie is that he's a, a 14 year old 15 year old kid yeah that it's like you know the, the whole it's like a, somebody said it before we're talking about it's like big just with superheroes oh 100%. and that's so and they even had the little the little callback to big yeah. when they're fighting in the mall and he's he stops and you hear a piano noise like yeah. what's that he looks down he's standing on like the, the same which uh, I mean standing piano and then when Dr. Savannah's running and he's knocks through the window. Just such a great touch. Really yeah. Great touch. And um, speaking of the action, I, that was one of my favorite parts about the movie I want to touch on real quick. Sure. Yeah, let's go there. There was not a lot of it, which I really liked. Like, there was just enough to mm -hmm. satisfy you for being in a superhero movie, but it wasn't like watching, you know, even like the Marvel movies are sometimes guilty of this, where the action scenes kind of, don't drag, but they they take away from other parts of the movie because they're so long. And like the other DC movies are especially guilty of this because everything in, that Zack Snyder films has to be in slow motion. Right. So it's like a 15-minute right. fight scene that should be three minutes. Right. But I like the fact that there was like just the right amount of action. There was really only kind of like yeah. two showdowns between the between uh, uh, Shazam and Savannah, and they're both excellent. And it wasn't like just it wasn't just nonstop action. There was a lot of character development, a lot of things that made you connect to the characters and care about the story. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I I thought that the action that was in the movie was very very well done. And more to your point, talking about Marvel movies that rely too heavy on the action was Captain Marvel. Yeah, right, Captain Marvel. You, I felt like we didn't get enough story, or the story parts that we did get were a little bit, I'm not saying like overly convoluted, but they were a little bit complicated and, and just kind of like, especially in the beginning, um, and it relied very heavily on the action scenes, whereas Shazam was very heavily reliant upon its story, and quite frankly, really, really good acting that yeah. was done. And I was just, I, and just the story itself of of the the home that Billy Batson goes to live in, right? Where it's actually two people who were were orphans themselves and grew up in homes themselves and then fell in love and got married. So they created a home and an almost like a, a small, you know, family orphanage that where they would have all of these, you know, sort of lost children yeah. come in and live with them. I thought that was amazing. I thought that the the and you know, I you know the character names are, are escaping me, but 
the father figure and the mother figure were just very, very well done. And it was very, you, you really felt yeah. for them. You, you're, you're, you, you know, it was, it was really, I was, I was very emotionally tied. Like yeah. I was emotionally invested in both of those characters. And because you mentioned that, I'm going to jump to the spoiler ending. Sure. Um, which, spoiler hey, alert. shocker of spoilers if you're listening to us. The moment I saw him, so I love the, the foster family dynamic. Yeah, I it was great. It was great. And the moment he set foot, Billy Batson set foot in that foster family, I had it in my head and I was like, are they going to do, are they, are they going to go all the way here? Yeah. And they did. We yeah. got the fucking Captain Marvel family at the end. Yep. And it was perfect. Yeah, it was really Like, it good. was so awesome. The one thing that I was a little bit uh, disappointed at was they had not enough Mary Marvel. Yeah. Right? Where they had a lot of Freddie Freeman. Yeah. They, they didn't have enough Mary, and they had... You know, sort of the other characters as well who... Yeah, everybody really, played a good part. I mean, in the Marvel family, the, the two big ones are Mary Marvel right. and, and Captain Marvel Jr., which right. is Freddie Freeman. Um, you know, but they had, you know, the other characters, which I really liked. I liked the other characters both before they became superheroes and then afterwards as well when they were superheroes. Um, yeah, it was really, it was really cool. Yeah, and that was another thing I think it was really well done, you know, talking about just character development, the fact that they don't become, uh, the, the, Mar the Captain Marvel family, they don't get their powers until literally the last 10 minutes of the movie, and they play such a big part, to your point, in the movie leading up to that, yeah. so that it made it, like, again, this is one of those things, it made it so much more satisfying, it's one of those things that none of the other DC movies have gotten right, where, yeah. like, we actually cared about those characters, yeah. we cared about those characters, so it made it that much cooler when they showed up and got their powers, like, it's not like the first time we saw Wonder Woman in Batman vs. Superman, where, like, right. we really didn't care about her, because it was, like, we knew who she was, like, there was nothing that made her interesting, other than right. the fact that she was Wonder Woman, right. these characters had all this cool shit leading up to them becoming superheroes and then when they did it was so great when they all go he goes grab the staff and say my name and they all go Billy! Yeah. Like, no, 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 the, the name that I turned myself into this! Dude, and, and man Zach Levy was just great in this movie he was so Amazing. like just he's so funny um, and of course the, the one of like just the most hilarious scenes is when he's on the, the Rocky Steps yep. right in front of the art museum when he's doing the Lightning from a hands, so lightning good. from a hands, lightning from a hands. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's just great. It and was just great. You know what? The lightning, that's another thing I want to talk about, too, that Shazam did so well that other DC movies have sucked at. Yeah. They really explored um, the depths of his power. Yeah. And had him use his powers in ways other than just punching people. Yeah. You know, like, with just something that Superman and Batman never really did. You know, right. like, especially yeah. Batman, like, yep. barely used any detective skills or, like, barely used any gadgets. He just used guns in the Batmobile and broke bones, which was cool in a, in a sense. Yeah, of but course. I love the scenes where Shazam, you know, where he, like, he, where he was, like, he, he was uh, one of the one of the monsters. It was either Greed or whatever one, like, had yeah. him. And he, like, couldn't get away. And he, go, and he goes, Shazam! And then he fucking goes, and then he, he turns into Billy Batson to get away. And then immediately says Shazam again to turn back. Like, I love that use of the ability, you know, and, like, the the way he used the lightning, like everything was cool. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. His tactical use of the Shazam, where he was turning in and out of Shazam, is something that they use in uh, a lot of the cartoons, well, the few cartoons that Shazam has been in, um, as well as the story itself, like a lot of the comic books. He uses that tactical use of, of turning in and out of Shazam. I really liked it. I thought it was awesome. 
Um, more to the point of getting a chance to explore his powers when they were going through. And they're like, it really made you feel like two little kids, right? Because they're, when they're yeah. testing his powers, okay, let's see what kind of powers you have, yep. right? And then he's like, shoot him in the face. Yo, that the was face. the best. Right. And he's like, wait a minute. No, no, yeah, shoot yeah. me in the face. <laughs> and, then when he, and then when they're doing the test on the uh, – um, the the teleportation test, and then yeah. he goes secret fire immunity test, and he lights the box on yeah, fire. Yeah, it's just great, man. And then like the ones that he just fails. Okay, so you don't have that power. Yeah, you don't have that power. power. Yeah, but, no, dude. Yeah, and it, and it was just, and and the other thing too that was just like you know, again, they they really. Not, I, I don't want to say that they're they're copying Marvel because they're not. They're not copying Marvel. They're just being not smart and taking pages from Marvel's books. Where they're like, you know, they're not taking themselves too seriously anymore. And whether or not this was a kids' movie or not, even if it wasn't, you know, which it was, I think even if they went a different way, there were still elements they would have put in there, I think, that really, you know, take from the Marvel playbook. Like one of my favorite moments in the entire movie is the before or in the middle of the final fight with Savannah and Shazam, and they're floating above the city. Oh, and yeah. Savannah's giving his like evil villain speech. Yeah. And he's sitting there talking, yeah. and you don't realize, and then Shazam just goes, What? Yeah, are you talking like far away from like, them? They can't hear. Oh, are you doing like a evil villain monologue thing right now? Like I can't hear you. And he keeps on cutting back to Savannah. He's like, I will flay your skin. And the world. like, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Like, oh fuck it. It's like yeah. there was so fucking perfectly done. Like I couldn't believe how how well they did that. I was cracking up the entire time. Yeah, I agree with you. I I think that it was just it was really like they they broke just enough of the fourth wall. Yeah. to keep it very lighthearted and funny. Um, without having too much uh, too much seriousness, I also really liked when Billy Batson goes and he actually meets his mother. Yeah, he finds his mother, realizes that yeah. she's two subway stops away, but then realizes that she really didn't want him. That was a great right? scene. It was, was really, really cool, scene. and then made him realize, no, I have a family. Let me go back to them, and then bam, yep. the Marvel family happens, right? Yep. It's great. I thought I thought it was just absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I agree. Right? That was a really amazing scene. So let's let's flip the script here a little bit, and let's let's talk about things that we didn't like about the movie because okay. there's so much to like about this movie, but there was actually a lot of things that I I didn't really like yep. about the movie. Yeah, I thought that they did the Seven Deadly Sins very very well. Agreed. Um, but something I didn't like um, was uh, the Wizard Shazam. Oh my um, god, I, uh, uh, Jimon Hansu's character. Yeah, I mean, yeah no, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was like overacted or like the or underacted. There was something about like his just, voice, like yeah. the, the voice he was trying I to just, put on. I you know, felt like he was phoning it in. I Is felt it, like it wasn't, it wasn't like a really like pivotal scene. Is it racist if I say he looked like uh, George Clinton from Parliament Funkadelic playing as Shazam? Because like that's what it looked like. <laughs> Like, that's what he looked like. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. We got funk. <laughs> right? Like, dude, I half expected P-Funk to come out behind him and start oh. playing a song while he was Man, going. Where's, was where's like, the guy in the uh, the wedding dress? Yeah, right, right? exactly. Like, and the guitar comes out. Like, I just couldn't believe it, but I'm with you. Like, that was the first part of the movie. I was just like, oh, yeah. Uh, didn't sit well. No, yeah, I didn't like that. Um, I didn't really care. Like, normally I really am a big fan of John Glover as well. I didn't really care for him in this movie. Um, he played Savannah's father. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. So I always forget I his name. Yeah. He's Lex Luthor in Smallville. Yes, yeah, yeah. He, was, he, was, uh, he was father Lex Luthor, so he was Alexander right, sorry, uh, Luthor. Alexander, yes, thank yeah. you. So, like, I really didn't like him in this movie. I didn't really like the dynamic there. Um, 
and just like the angsty, like, oh, I'm going to dedicate my entire life to trying to find this wizard. Like you would have gone to therapy and would have, everyone would have told you you're crazy. Yeah, no, totally. I agree with you. That was the one thing too, you know, that I think the the villain was as cool as he was. He was way underdeveloped and, you know, but again, it's one of those things where it, it's very much like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Because a lot of people complain about Ronan the Accuser in Guardians of the Galaxy because, to be fair, he was boring as shit. And Dr. Savannah was kind of boring in the movie because he didn't really have any motivations other than stereotypical bad guy, I want to find power and take over the world motivations. But it was a kid's movie. So right, that exactly. kind of is okay. Yeah, but like, it's also if okay. If it was an adult movie, I would have had a lot more gripe against that. But it's a kid's movie. You want it to be a yeah. very basic villain. But it's also okay, too, because like I made the illusion to Guardians of the Galaxy because the reason why you don't, you're okay with a shitty villain in movies like that in Shazam is because – everything else is done so well like you know you you you, like you 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 need a villain it doesn't always like you want a complex villain like those are the best villains but if the story holds together and everything else about the story and the actors and the action is great you can skirt by with a underdeveloped kind of bland villain that's exactly what they did yeah 100 percent. right um one of the things that i didn't like again was that scene where savannah goes in and is actually talking to his dad and his brother in the boardroom right where he unleashes yeah. the seven deadly sins so there was two moments one because most of the movie is again it's a kid's movie so it wasn't really gory right it right. didn't have a lot of blood didn't or, or really any no uh, but in that scene there were two moments that really threw me off. One was where the one dude gets his head bitten off, right? right? That was a little bit over the top and a little bit too much for, for a kid's movie. Yeah. Or the dude gets thrown out the window. Right. The dude gets thrown out the window, too. But even thrown out the window, like, ah, okay. You know, watching the dude get his head bit off, I, I think it kind of took me out of it a little bit. Yeah. And then the other scene was, like, um, when Dr. Savannah is sitting there and he says, he, he says shit. Right, where he's like, oh, this oh, place yeah. is a real pile of shit. Yep. Of, like, he could have very easily said, oh, it looks like a pile of garbage, or, right? <laughs> it's a pile of poop. Or, yeah, a pile of poop, or Doo-doo. a pile of crap, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. just anything else. Like, w- when he said shit, it just, it was, it was really harsh, and it just, it took me away from this being a kid's movie, right? Because then I was like, well, that would make sense if this was a different movie, but it just didn't in that sense. And yeah, that's a little bit nitpicky, right? But, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, that's, it just... That's it doesn't fit with the only. overall tone. Of it. Zack Snyder must have written, written those lines. <laughs> Blame it on Zack Snyder. <laughs> well, um, and so here's another thing I didn't get to. And again, this is one of those things that didn't, didn't take me out of the movie. It just kind of made me scratch my head. So remember when we first, like the first time we see the adult Savannah, sure. and he makes the revelation about the inscriptions right. and on the oh, clock, it's right? Not, I, it's not that I have the code wrong. I just yeah. need to put it five times in a row. Exactly. Right. And then he, and he has it on the door and the doctor is bitching at him. Right. Why, when the doctor, the woman touches the door, why does she just turn into dust? I just she gets wait. electrocuted. But why is it, why is she electrocuted? Because of the power. I, yeah, I, 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 you know what I mean? Again, it's not. It's, it's a little nitpicky. It, it didn't like yeah. take anything away from the movie for me. It just yeah. when it happened, I was like, "Wait, what the fuck?" I was like, "Why did? Why did that just happen?" Like, yeah. I didn't understand it. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree with you. Um, the fact I didn't like the fact that like. Essentially, the only reason that Billy Batson got the powers was because he was, like, the last choice. Yeah, right? it's like, yeah, I agree. It wasn't like he was the choice. He was just the last choice, yeah. right? 
and um, after the seven deadly sins already escaped. So I didn't really like that. I, I didn't. I didn't. I, I liked Mark Strong as as Savannah, but I didn't really like the character of Savannah. Yeah, I um, agree. I did, however, absolutely love uh, Mr. Mind. The fact that you see the terrarium, you see Mr. Mind in the terrarium, yep. then you see the terrarium broken, and then you see Mr. Mind at the after credit scene. Right? Yes. As one of the after credit yes, scenes. Yes, that right? was really cool. Really, really cool. Um, the sh- the Superman cameo where it just has the Superman okay. outfit. So that is my most love-hate moment of the entire movie. Oh, 100%. Because if it was Henry Cainville, it would have been awesome. But even then, it wouldn't have been awesome. Because not that it would have been. Oh, let me finish that. It was. It was always awesome, but it made zero sense. And like, well, they foreshadow it earlier on. It's like, oh, what is Superman going to bring us ice cream? You know, yeah, so they foreshadow it a little bit. But it's like it just again from like a from a storytelling perspective, it makes no sense because like how much time has passed from beating Savannah. To that scene, like, what, a week at yeah. most? You know, like, well, what, in that time he manages to go find Superman, befriend him, and convince him to show up? You know what I mean? Like, just like, so that right there, that is really where you're hitting the nail on the head. It would have been a much better scene if they did that scene, and instead of having, uh, oh, yeah, and I brought somebody else with me. Yeah. If all of a sudden Superman just showed exactly. up. Exactly. If he just showed up exactly. and then just tapped Billy, uh, tapped Captain Marvel or Shazam on the shoulder, right? And Shazam turns around and you can still do it without seeing his head. He just turns around and sees the Superman body, right? And then Superman's just like, I think you and I need to talk. Yeah, 100%. That makes sense. That, especially if it's a week after he beats, because now here's this new superhero and after the Justice League, you know, it's important and very similar to the way that the comic books go. It's important that Superman, if you have superpowers, Superman's going to want to know who you are. Especially like if, you, if you're that powerful. And, yeah, especially. like because, because And that's one of the things to hate the most about Superman is because, quite frankly, Superman it, believes that he's the only one who can keep everyone in check. Yep. And quite frankly, he really is. Yeah. Because absolutely power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely, right? So Superman is the only one benevolent enough to keep everyone in check, which is the brilliance of the Kingdom Come storyline and why Superman comes back, yep. right? Because all of these superheroes and all these superpowered people just start battling with each other and shit gets carried away, right? Yep. And then Superman comes back to keep everybody in check. Yeah, no, I 100% right? agree, which is why, like I said, it's my most love-hate moment of the whole movie yeah, because it's they, like it makes it makes uh, Superman likable again because he's been so unlikable on everything else they've right, done. You know, like right. that's the kind of shit that Superman will do. Like he's he's never too big. He's never doesn't have enough time to right. go show up at a grade school and like say hi to a kid. You know, right, like, do a favor. Right. That, that's the kind of Superman you want to see. Like, yeah. You wanna, like come on. But then again, just thinking about it, like okay, why does how does he go find Superman? Does Superman find him? When does this all happen? Why is it so quick? Like, it's just, boom, he's there, and then that's it. So it was so cool, but so annoying at the same time. And I absolutely agree with you. If they had done it that way, where Superman just shows up and is like, I believe in truth and justice, like, that would have been so much better. I thought it would have been great. Like I said, just just have this scene and then have this, like, uh uh-oh, like, worried look, like, oh, no, like, I'm in trouble from the principal kind of look. Where, like, Superman is there, like, um, you and I need to talk. And then all of a sudden, it takes it from being a kid's movie, and now it makes it serious, right? Where now, okay, now you're tying it in. I did like 
how they used uh, Batman's Batarang. Yep. Um, and it was the Batman. It was it was Ben Affleck's Batman's Batarang, right? Yep. Which I really liked. I liked how they had the newspaper clippings and everything that happened with that. And I liked that they used Henry Cavill's suit, um, although it was so unbelievably obvious that it was not Henry Cavill's so body. So obvious. Because, like, the body just – it looked – it looked too it square. Wide. It was yeah. not. It didn't have the V shape that yeah. Henry Cavill has. It was just this square body, and it was like it looked like somebody dressed up on uh, on Halloween in yeah. a Superman costume. No, totally agree. Yeah. And that and that's an interesting point. So let's talk about this because we've we've been going on about our DCEU conspiracy theories, and you know, let, so let's just let's just go over the facts real quick here. Fact. Okay. Ben Affleck is gone. Ben Affleck is gone. The new Batman movie takes place in the 90s. Yes. Um, this, well, I, guess, I guess it's a fact. Suicide Squad 2 is a reboot, but not. Yeah. Who the fuck knows? I, we don't even want to talk about right. it. Right. Because now, now it's like all the characters yeah. are coming back. So, right? semi-fact. Including, I guess, Euron Greyjoy as Captain Boomerang. Is he coming back as Captain Boomerang? Which it kind of No, makes... it's not Euron. It's a different guy. That's not Euron Greyjoy. No, it's that's uh, Jay Courtney. It's the guy oh. that played. Uh, he was the guy that played Kyle Reese in the latest Terminator movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's that right. awful uh, pile of yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, okay. They look kind of similar. Yeah, they, they do look, look kind of similar. similar. Um, so then, but then, so that's like, so does this movie now, like, where does this fit in to everything? Because again, you know, I, say what you will. Uh, we believe, here at Set Review, that the most ob glaringly obvious reason why you don't see Superman's face in the cameo is because Henry fucking Cavill is not going, even though it hasn't been officially announced, Right. Henry Cavill is out as Superman. Yeah, he's not going to come So, back. from the way I'm looking at it is this. Considering <laughs> Wonder Woman yep. and considering Aquaman. Yep. Let's ignore the Suicide Squad shit for a moment. Yep. Shazam can... Easily, with just very, very minor tweaks, can easily be the more or less like first movie in the DC universe because it very much had a feel for me in the same way that Titans does. Yes. Where it's like you know that Batman exists, Superman exists, Wonder Woman exists, the Justice League exists. All that shit is there. It's mentioned and referenced frequently. We know yep. these characters are there. But it didn't directly tie into that story, so yeah. we don't really hear anything about it. And I think Shazam really brilliantly actually did that, where they like they talk about Superman, they talk about Batman, you see Superman. But they don't mention Steppenwolf, they don't nope. mention Zod, nope. they don't mention anything in, in, in Metropolis they or Gotham. Steppenwolf. Barely. Yeah, well, like, it was one line, yeah. but at least they, it still exactly. shows you that it's after Steppenwolf. Right. Right? Which is exactly why I thought that this movie would be after Superman came back to life. This is after Steppenwolf. This is after Justice League. It's obviously after Man of Steel. Yeah. And it's obviously after Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Right? So it's like, where does this all fit in? I think that it is after Justice League. I think this is just the next movie. Yeah, no, totally. Line. Totally. Yeah. But I'm just wondering how it all fits together now. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. do they just do we just get a new like, you know, after they make the the Batman movie that takes place in the 90s, are we just going to get a new older Batman or are we never going to see Batman in this timeline again? You know, is it only going to be prequel shit? Well, see, are we ever going to see Superman again? Do we need to though? No, we talked about this before. I don't think you need to. We don't need to. I think it also leaves it open so that you can bring them back in a current timeline 
Um, and you don't need, so like you have a different actor who comes in to play Batman, but then you can bring Ben Affleck back at a later date. Yeah. Right. And you can bring Henry Cavill back at a different, at a later date. Which neither of those things is going to happen. Right. I don't Uh, think it's going to happen, but you know, so here or there. So, yeah. So, I mean, I I think the, the big takeaway from Shazam is that keep doing this DC because Shazam was a great great movie. So much fun. Um, you see how you haven't seen it. We encourage you to go see it. And like I mean, you just see, you know, like like talking about from the studio perspective, you just, you know, again, you know, the, you move the needle maybe a little bit too far on the light side of things, making it a kids movie. But look at the Rotten Tomato score. Look at the uh, critics, or I'm sorry, the the fan score. Now, to be fair, for whatever reason, Shazam is not breaking the bank at the box office. Um, like it's making good money. Right. But I don't think, for whatever reason, it's performing as well as people wanted it to. Yeah. I think I think that the number one reason is because it's a kids movie. Right. Exactly. It was a kids movie, and and you know it was it didn't appeal to the larger you know kind of adult audience or or yep. the overall uh, like the everybody audience. But again, here's the way I'm looking at this. I'm looking at Shazam. If DC was smart, Shazam should be DC's Iron Man. Yeah, like the yeah. unofficial first movie of the of the of the new DCEU, let's yeah, call it. Agreed. And you can put the other stuff in. You can you can retcon it, bake it in, however you need to, but make this sort of like the new beginning because yeah. it's a great way to start, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it's a great way to start. I think it starts off on a good note. It, it connects with all the other movies, um, and yet you can still take it and go somewhere brand new with it. Exactly, which I think it's really cool. Um, uh, one thing we'll we'll touch on right here before we move on to is that the Joker trailer did come out, uh, and it is. Oh, I forgot awesome. about that. Yeah, trailer looks great. Yeah, I'm very trailer, excited. Trailer looks incredible. Um, the the one thing I would say in in lead up to this movie, um, I would encourage everyone out there to uh, go and read two books. Go go either if you can either borrow them or go and read them. Read the Killing Joke. And read Brian Arzello's Joker. Yep. Brian Arzello's Joker is one of the most powerful Joker storylines. And it's very, it really hits home into like who he is as a person. Um, and I really think that in my opinion, uh, that's the best Joker book that's a, and story that's ever been written. Um, you know, there's been a lot of great ones, but I think that that's the best. And it's, I think that is going to have the closest tie in terms of like feel to the way that this movie does. Cause I like the way that this trailer made me feel is that after watching this movie, I'm going to walk out of the theater and I'm going to like need a hug. Like, it just, <laughs> like this movie, it looks like it's going to kick you in the gut and yeah. like, it's just going to be tough. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. A hundred percent. So, so yeah, DC way to go actually. Uh, yeah. Round of applause for DC for not not fucking it up for once. Yeah, Good job. Nice, nice job, DC. Yeah. There's hope for the future. Oh, but you know what has no hope as far as I'm concerned right now? Birds of Prey. Uh, <laughs> because they came out with a uh, they came out. If you guys are paying attention, they came out with a uh, a scene, uh, not a scene. I'm sorry, a set photo of Birds of Prey, and it's uh, Harley Quinn outside of like some house, and up in the window you can see Joker. And it looks like it's Jared Leto's Joker, but although it's been, as of right now, let's call it, quote, confirmed, that it's not Jared Leto, but meant to be Jared Leto's Joker. Interesting. And for me, while it's like, okay, that's cool, but what that says to me is that, as if the title didn't give it away, we're going to get a movie that's 
80% about Harley Quinn yeah, and 7% about the other seven yeah, characters they're yeah. producing. Yeah. And it's going to suck. So why not just make a Harley Quinn movie? Like, I don't know. Like, they want to. They clearly yeah. just want to make a Harley Quinn movie between Suicide Squad and between what this movie's shaping up to be. Seems like all they want to do is make Harley Quinn movies. We talked about before, they want to build the universe around Harley Quinn for yeah. whatever fucking reason. Yeah. So dumb. But, uh, oh, yeah, so I just had to touch on that because that, it just seems really fucking stupid. Yeah, it looks, it looks pretty dumb. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Who knows? I, I still have my fingers crossed. I think, I think, I think this is going to, I think both Shazam and Joker are going to do what, um, what Wonder Woman did. And that's, that's <laughs> give hope to the DC universe, right? Because, like, I, you know, we've talked about Aquaman. I was not the biggest fan of that movie. I thought it was a big pile of dog shit, but, um, it, made like a billion dollars so yeah. why you know what do i know so, <laughs> there you go i mean it was mostly a big pile of dogs it shit, was to be fair but you know <laughs> yeah. so so let's talk about some other stuff right now um okay. game of thrones came out or i'm sorry oh, premiered yes. uh last night oh man i just so so delicious so many delicious things happened first of all let's just talk about the people that took issue with the episode last night because fuck you guys you're, you're stupid you're wrong <laughs> last, last night's episode was amazing yeah there was so much there was so much nitpicking that i read on the internet just from like not enough storyline being told but with season eight episode one game of thrones i mean right from the get-go they threw us into it um the the very first scene is them arriving at winterfell it echoes the first episode yep. of the series yep. very well there's a lot that happens now this was the shortest episode of the season right so this one was only 54 minutes they get progressively longer I they think, do right they, this they season, get progressively yeah. longer with it eventually it's going to be i think the longest episode which everyone was talking about oh we're going to get all these hour and a half episodes no no no, no. yeah there's like one episode that's going to be like an hour and 20 minutes and then that's it yes yeah, i think the one. other episode is um uh, I think the other episode is like an hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah, I think I read I read something today like where each episode will be a little bit longer than the last. I think that's how they're going to do it. I think that's how it uh, pans out yeah. this season. But I, I totally agree with you. I the the first thing I thought of watching the the caravan come into Winterfell was season one in that episode where they were the first episode where they come in and it's just like, and I, I love seeing the hound yes. in that caravan, yes. like riding into Winterfell yeah. again, like, yeah. you know, sort of like on the different side, almost yeah. like on the good side yeah. now. Yeah. Like, and, and I just love my favorite part of the episode was the, uh, all of the different, uh, not interaction with them, like, like reunions, reunions that yeah, happened. Reunions yeah. Like, especially with the Arya and the hound. And he's like, you left me to die. What did he call her a cunt or a little bitch? Like, <laughs> he, like, he's like, you miserable little cunt or something. I forget what he calls her, but yeah. like, it, it had me cracking up. And then yeah. he gets, Oh my God, wait, uh, there was such a quick scene. He gets that dragon glass axe. Yeah, which is like dope. so yeah. bad. Yeah. It's like it's like when you when you play D and D and your character gets like the new upgraded dude, weapon. Dude, he just leveled like, up hard, oh, man. Dude, he definitely leveled up hard. Yeah, he's gonna be fucking murking some people. And uh, we, I think we called it uh, on the Game of Thrones episode, but oh, yeah. uh, Gendry is definitely banging Arya before the show is over. Oh, I hope so. I hope you so. Know, too. I hope so 
So there's a lot of things that have changed, definitely, in my opinion, since seeing this first episode. Um, I, I think it was really cool seeing Jon Snow ride a dragon for the first time. Like, again, they give us all this stuff that... Um, and that was something we talked about, we predicted. And I did not expect that, like, to happen in the first episode. Like, that just, like, bam. She was like... Yeah, get up on the dragon. He's like, ah, no, no, I'm good, I'm good. No, come on, pussy, get up on the dragon. Yeah. And he's like, well, whatever I want to do, whatever you can. Right. Like, and, it was, and he just, like, did it. And it was, right. like, such a quick thing for the story because you talked a lot about how, you know, it's like, who can ride a dragon? Like, who who is a dragon rider? And it's like, okay, wait, yeah, Jon Snow because yep. he's a fucking Targaryen. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and, and it was – I heard people complain that, um, like, why did Jon Snow know how to ride the dragon – Right, so fast, right? Like, but like, see, but those people are idiots. Right. They literally explain it to you. He go, he go, he even said, "What do I grab onto you? Whatever you can. Whatever you how can. do I know how to do it? You just do you it. Just like, do it. They literally yeah. explain it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's in in the books they talk about the dragon bond, right? And so you know you have a bond with your dragon, right? And so yeah, of course. How do you know? Well, I, 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 I knew I was, you were gonna say it. I was just gonna say. So now I understand why they were nitpicking about how to get rid of the dragon because they're probably a bunch of fucking book readers. Yeah. Well. So, nerds. <laughs> so they talk about the dragon bond in the books, and like obviously, it's it. There is a certain level of of like almost ESP that you have, you know, in the story, and yeah. you have it with you know your your dragon, right? So awesome. He gets to ride Rhaegal. Um, I think some key giveaways, right? Um, uh, that happened in the story was while they're riding the dragons and Jon Snow lands, right? And they yeah. see the, the, the waterfall. Yeah. And Danny looks at the waterfall and she goes, we could stay here for centuries and no one would ever know or bother us, right? It was very, very much foreshadowing in my opinion because it was very, it was eerily similar to Egret, right? Yeah. And I think that it's foreshadowing that Danny is going to die. Well, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I, mean, I think, I, I think I, no, I predicted in the Game of Thrones episode that both John and Danny die. Right. I'm sticking to that. I still believe that that's the way it's going to happen. Um, but I'm even more certain now that yeah. Danny is going to die. And, I, and I'm sticking with my original prediction where Danny does die as well. I'm with you on that one, but I still don't think Jon Snow dies. But I'm definitely with you. And I agree. I think that was some very classic sort of Hollywood foreshadowing yeah. that Danny's definitely going to bite the bullet. And, yeah. I, and, and speaking of, so this is something I want to really talk about too because we were chatting about this before the show. Yep. Um, we both want to change an opinion because oh, speaking of foreshadowing, yep. after last night's episode, we are both now of the opinion that Tyrion is going to die. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just getting a chance to see him in this episode, it's very different than his character has been played. Um, you know, he's been one of the best characters in the entire show. I think all of season seven, you know, you really start to see him fail and he starts to make a lot of mistakes, and it's just very uncharacteristic of, of Tyrion. And I think especially with this episode, um, I think Bronn is going to kill Tyrion. Yeah, so that's, so that's what I'm still really, uncertain about. I because think, I think it's going to happen. You know, because friend of the show pals was talking during our Game of Thrones episode that the actor that plays Bronn came out and said that, he, that people were not going to like him after this season. And I'm sitting yep. there going... How could you not like Bron? Yeah, how and could you then not like him? when they right. give when the hand when Cersei's hand gives him that bu uh, crossbow and is like you know yeah. uh, you've got to kill her yeah you got to kill uh, Tyrion and uh, Jaime yep. and he's like oh you know so is that what makes him so here's so here's where I'm torn on I'm with you I think Tyrion's gonna die I don't know if it's Bron that does it though 
I really don't. I, I feel like if anything, Braun will kill Jamie or attempt to kill Jamie, and Jamie will then kill Braun. I really feel like they'll go yeah. back to that bond that that because you know, like the way I look at it is the bond that Jamie and Braun had was different than the bond that Tyrion and and uh and, uh, uh Braun had. And Braun had like right. so it was very much both rooted in you know I'm gonna give you a castle, I'm gonna give you money. That yeah. was the impetus for Tyrion. That was the impetus with Jamie. Yeah. But if you go back and think about the way they both interacted, there always seemed to be a stronger bond of legitimate friendship between Braun and Tyrion as opposed to Braun and Jamie. Which is why I think yeah, that if anything I mean you see them together for so exactly. long. I mean, it's from the first season going all the way until uh Tyrion leaves after he kills right. Highwind, you know, well, which is I think the fourth season. How about this? Braun doesn't do either, turns on Cersei. He's the one that kills Cersei. You think Braun kills Cersei? I don't really think so. I just yeah. think it's a possibility. It's I don't a, think that's the way they'll go. I mean, it's a definite possibility. Um, I, I'm not sure how to feel about that. I think I think it's going to go two ways. Either Braun's going to decide not to kill Tyrion, and then Tyrion's going to die anyway. Right. Or if Braun does kill Tyrion, I think Braun will die. Yeah, because Jamie. I think, will kill I think him. yeah, I think I think it's one hundred percent. I think if, if Braun kills Tyrion, then Braun dies. If yeah. he doesn't, then I think Braun lives. Yeah. Because right. Tyrion is definitely gonna die because he had the, the the foreshadowing for Tyrion's death for me was when he was talking with Sansa and she goes, Cersei told you that she was gonna send the Lannister army to Winterfell to help us. And you believed her? Yeah, dude. <laughs> such a great line. Such like, a great burn. scene. Just such a great scene. And it just shows that just Tyrion is just so off his game. Yeah, he really he, is. He's really lost out there. He really doesn't know what he's doing. So it's going to go one of two ways. He's either going to have an ascension and go back to the level that he was, or yep. he's just going to die. Exactly. Is, I think it's going to be the latter. I think he's going to die. And then one of my favorite parts of the episode last night was, again, something we talked about happening, but I don't think any of us predicted it to happen this early. Yeah, not this was fast. Was, like, the, let's call it the return of Theon. Yeah. Like, Theon yeah. just came in, fucking all guns blazing, put an axe through people's foreheads, yep. and rescued Yara, uh, Yara from, yeah. the, from, the, uh, from, from Euron, and, like, that was awesome. Yeah. And then she, she headbutts him, doesn't yeah. say a word, headbutts him right away. I want to talk about that scene because that <laughs> that scene right there where she headbutts him is exactly why I love Game of Thrones. And I love when you really get emotionally invested in a show because I was literally yelling at my TV like – you can deal with this later. Yeah. Gotta go now. Yeah. Get off the boat. Get out of there. You're free. Stop waiting. Go, 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 go. <laughs> like, get out of there. You have a finite amount of time where you need to get off that boat and get the fuck out of Dodge. Yep. And she headbutts him and then, you know, picks him up and everything ends up being okay. It was great. I know a lot of people have complained about it. I absolutely love that scene. I love that it happened so quick. Yep. I love that it was easy and effortless. Yes. Uh, effortless. Uh, effort effortless. Effortless, list, 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 list. Effortless. Um, I think it was awesome. I thought it was amazing, and I think it was it was very well played out, and it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Right. Totally. They're there at King's Landing, not really expecting anybody to mess with them, right. and then they come in and they, you know, and they, you know, sneak onto the boat with a small group. That's right? what I liked. It was right? a small real, group, real quiet, like yeah. you know, they shoot them with with a bow and arrow, right? Take out a bunch of people all at once. Right, and then sneak onto the boat and sneak her off. Right, that's what I like. Because you don't see a lot of that clandestine stuff in Game of Thrones, so I like that it was 100%. like you know a little spy mission almost came on, and then the follow up scene 
I almost liked even more because it goes back to all of our Theon and all the Greyjoy theories about what's going to happen. Oh, and yeah. that's another theory I'm going to amend because, you know, we had talked about in the Game of Thrones episode where we thought the Greyjoys were all just going to kill each other in, in some way, shape, or form. Whether it was Yara kills uh, Euron or Euron kills them both, like whatever it was. Yep. But then what I thought was amazing, again, probably my favorite scene in the episode when they're on the boat and Yara's talking about how they're going to go back and take back the Iron, Iron Islands for a place that if they need to retreat from Winterfell, they can. Great, awesome. And Theon's got this look in his face and she's like, you want to go fight for the Starks, don't yeah. you? He's like, yeah. I'm like, yes! Yeah. Like, because it's like, it's like I really want, that he yeah, would. I really want Theon to have a redemption arc and like yeah. him saying that he was leaving to go fight for the Starks, I absolutely love because now it says to me that he's going to die in the Battle of Winterfell protecting one of the Starks, whether it's Jon or Arya or Sansa, one of the Starks, he's going to die protecting. I hope that's how he goes. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, you know, he already saved Sansa, which was a little bit of a help. You know, he's been through so much in this show so far. Yeah. And I think that the only way to really bring him back full circle is to have him, you know, die and, and yeah. sacrifice himself to save the Starks. Yeah. And, and essentially help them escape while Winterfell is being destroyed. I think it would be awesome. You know? And especially so he has to go back there to tell them, hey – there's some place you guys can go right. after this place is destroyed. Right. Right? So there's some place that they can retreat to. Um, but let's talk about the new favorite character oh, of the show. Oh, baby. Oh, so baby. There has been a new king of cool <laughs> that has been crowned on Game of Thrones. And his name is Euron Greyjoy. Uh, Just the greatest pirate the seven seas has ever seen does answers the question from our last episode right does euron get to give cersei his cock yeah, and yes he does yeah and quite effortlessly might i add well, no i would i mean he's just he's very cunning and he gets a chance yeah. to to do it right even, so. i mean he even forgot the elephants and he still managed to get it in well no that was harry strickland was supposed to have the elephants it was supposed to be the golden company you know what i mean yeah but i got your yeah. i got your point. <laughs> right. she right. was like she's like i wanted my damn elephants yeah <laughs> Elephants, right? Which so that was awesome. great, right? Because okay, it would be amazing to have elephants versus dragons. Although they God, would be barbecued. Yeah. And then you know, talk so. about the, the 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 my favorite. I think was the memes today instantly, where it was like every white girl on Tinder now has on her profile: if you want a whore, buy one; if you want a queen, earn, earn one. one. But she fucked one. him anyway. Yeah, she like, made, immediately. Which, again, again, is a hundred percent exactly what a white girl would do. Every so. single one. <laughs> God, it was so good. Oh man. Oh, man. And then yeah. the, the look, the look he gives the mountain as he's walking by, and he's like, "Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that's right. right. Move. Get out of the way. <laughs> like, move, bitch. Move. Get get the hell out the way." And um, then, so let's talk about something with that scene though. When Euron touches her belly, and he goes, "I'm gonna put a baby in that belly," right? And then he leaves. And you see Cersei cry. Yeah. Right? You see her tear up and cry a little bit. Now, yeah. that's the first time that we've really seen Cersei be, instead of being over the top emotional, just you see her humanized almost. Right. Instead of this demon, now you, you, you almost sympathize with her. So why is she crying though? Well, because she has a baby in her already. Like, he touches her belly, and he's like, I'm going to put a baby inside her. No, she already has a baby inside her. But do we know that for sure? Or was yeah. she just lying to Tyrion? No, she, but she also told Jamie. 
She also really? Told, yeah, she told Jamie that. You're that, right. Yeah. She did. Okay, yeah. you're right. And Jamie goes, "Whose is it?" And she's like, "It's yours." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. So like, so she already knows that she has a baby inside her. You're right. I forgot right? she and told now, Jamie that. And now, and now, Euron may think that it's his baby, right? So now, so because so they've already had sex, and maybe that's why she agreed to have sex with him is so that he could think that, right? Oh. Right. So there is there's that little play. That's, there. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, there's a little play there, and that that that's very much in line with her character too. Yeah, I didn't even think yeah, about that yeah, angle. Hundred percent. Wow. So you know, I think that there's some really interesting things that are going to happen, and I think that there is going to be a cascade of deaths. I think that you are going to see so many people die in episode three and then throughout the rest of the season. I, I think it's going to progressively just get more and more and more and just you're just absolutely going to get your guts ripped out in certain scenes. Um, I'm predicting that there is at least one character that we didn't think was going to die. Maybe Arya, maybe Sansa. There's definitely one of those um, definitely Tyrion, which we didn't think yeah. was going to die, but I definitely think he will now. As long as Jorah um, lives. Right. And let's talk about let's talk about something that, in my opinion, was pretty much the biggest letdown of the episode. Oh, okay. And that's Go Harry on. Strickland. Oh, yeah. They, in, they, they go so far as to introduce a new character, and then they don't introduce him. He literally yeah. does nothing. He's essentially a useless character. Totally like, useless. After his scene that happened in the, in, uh, in the throne room... I can't wait for him to die. Yeah. He's literally nothing. Yeah. I want him to die immediately. Like, unless something else happens or unless he gets introduced in a better way next episode and he does something phenomenally cool, yeah. which I absolutely doubt, like, I just want to see him die. Like, he's yep. just so useless. And I want to know where like, I'm... I almost want the mountain to crush his head. <laughs> he's just so stupid. I'm really excited to see where they go now because, again, something that I didn't think they were going to do this early on in the season... They already Sam Sam Tarley already dropped the bomb on John. Hey, by the way, you're a Targaryen. Oh yeah, son, son of Aegon. Yeah, yeah, uh, you are Aegon yeah, Targaryen. Yeah, Aeg yeah like you name. are the fucking uh, yeah. king, like the rightful yeah. heir of the throne. So yeah. that dropped really early in the season, which again loved it. Thought loved it was great. It. Yeah, and it's like, where are they gonna go now? Like yeah. it's so quick. And then what oh my god, and then. <laughs> The best was when I. You shouldn't be laughing at this, but when he was like, when she went, when she when uh, Sam finds out that Daenerys torched her father, oh. and he goes, "Oh well, uh, at least I can go back now that my brother's the Lord." And she's like, "Your brothers chose yeah. to stand." I was like, "Oh." It's like, can you though? Jorah's face. Jorah's oh. face. He was like. Just, just Ooh. so bad. Like Jorah's like, oh my bad, like my bad. He's like, oh, the man that saved me is also the son and brother yeah. of these two guys you murked with your oh, dragon. Totally forgot. And like they meant it as to be this real positive thing. Like the queen is coming to see you. Yeah. And she wanted to like. She's like, what can I do for yeah, you? you a special blessing. That, yeah, yeah. If there's anything that you want to ask of me, ask it. Right. And yet, no. Yeah. No. Womp womp. <laughs> that, was, that really had me laughing. That yeah, scene. Yeah, I mean, it was just great. But I think it was brilliantly played uh, by totally. by Samuel Tarley. Yeah. I think I think the, the, the lip quivering and the, the fact that he was crying, even though his father was such an asshole to him. Yeah, and so your literally father. threatened to murder him, right, if he didn't go and join the Night's Watch, <laughs> right, which is just, like, the biggest dick thing that you can do. Like, yeah. 
you know, and I, I think it was just, I mean, I think he really played it well. And Agreed. I think just let's talk about the other greatest character in the show, uh, Bran. Oh. Creepy Bran. <laughs> Creepy, Creepy Bran, <laughs> who just shows up and he's just the greatest <laughs> deus ex machina character who oh, just man. explains everything. Right? And, he's and it's just, so deadpan. It's so he just, deadpan. He has, like, no emotion left. Like. Oh, man. <laughs> it's just no emotion. And just like, oh, hey, Danny, uh, you remember how you had that dragon? Oh, yeah, it's an undead monster now, by the yeah. way. Oh, yeah. So just, you know, that, that yeah. happened. He basically just comes in. He's like, hey, can you all just shut the fuck up for two seconds? We have more important things to worry about here. <laughs> like, he just ignores everything else that's happening. He's like, um, hey, guys. Come on, like yeah. we got we got yeah. shit to do. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, come on, come on. We gotta we gotta you know, the Night's King is coming, we gotta be able to beat him. Let's and then go. that scene, oh my god, the scene at the end where Jamie comes into Winterfell. Yeah. And like Bran is the first person he sees. Oh, and, and he see and he, he looks at Bran and he has that look, he just goes, Oh, oh. Yeah, and it's like immediately yeah. as soon as he gets there, oh. Jamie's just like, I done fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> but dude, as soon as Bran said I'm waiting for an old friend, I knew it was gonna be Jamie. Like as soon as he said it, I was like, Oh, that's Jamie. Creepy Bran. Creepy Bran. Dude, Creepy Bran, two new favorite characters. Creepy Bran and Euron Greyjoy. So great. Which I'm excited to just see everything that they do from now on through the rest of the season. I can't um, fucking wait. Yeah, and to see to see where it goes. So really excited about everything that's happening right now in Game of Thrones. Um, you know, seeing Gendry exactly as we thought, he's forging the, the dragon glass, yep. right? Seeing it melted down and it had that metallic blue yeah, it was really look sweet. to it was really, really cool. Like it gave it that magical feeling of it. Yep. Um, I think, I think, uh, even more, uh, now than it was before, especially because he got a new weapon. I think that your theory that you had about the Hound is definitely going to come true. Oh, so we yeah. see the Hound now get this brand new axe, right? He gets this yeah. fucking awesome dragon glass axe. I think he's going to use it, but I think he's still going to have a sword, and I still think that Beric Dondarrion is going to tell him how to do the Right, like, I think that would be such a cool... Even though, like, like yeah. so it's like, how do those, how do the groups meet up again? Because... The the army of the dead is in between them yeah. right now. Yeah. Right. So how do they sneak around the army of the dead in order to get to Winterfell, in order to fight in Winterfell? I don't think that group ever makes it to the Battle of Winterfell. The way they made it sound like I mean, they were way like way far behind them. I don't think they make but it the to the Battle of Winterfell. The trailer has shown them in Winterfell fighting, or has it, or is it just something that we think is right? It might not be Winterfell. And maybe it's somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. I I feel like they might not even show up for that battle. I feel like they might come for the aftermath and help them, um, you know, whatever's left, like, the, you know, follow up with the guys and go back down to where they retreat to the Iron Islands or Dragonstone, where they have to retreat to. Yeah. I don't think that they actually show up for that battle. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, the Hound is, like, one of my top three favorite characters. And, and he's definitely, like, like and, and just the idea of him using and wielding fire as a weapon just brings his character full circle. Exactly. Right? Because he's so afraid of fire, he's absolutely petrified, and now he embraces it and he uses it as, as a weapon. Yep. Right? I think, man, I really just, I have high hopes for the Hound. I really hope that, oh, that baby. he's going to have some really oh, cool scenes baby. coming up. But really excited for uh, the entire season and, and to where it's going to go from here. I can't fucking wait. Yeah. You know what else I have high hopes for? Just uh, kidding. Not as much high hopes. But <laughs> we're going to discuss it on our favorite segment called Will It Suck? <laughs> okay. 
So this week, this week for reviewers, curveball, we, we are going to talk about something that you guys probably would not think that we would have it on our Will It Suck segment, but the first trailer for Star Wars. The, the long-awaited. The long-awaited trailer, The Rise of Skywalker. So fucking stupid name! <laughs> it's such a goddamn fucking stupid name! You know what? So, so just listening to the name immediately made me think of the dirt. God right? fucking damn it. And it made me think of that line that Mick Mars has in the dirt where he goes... Stupid name, <laughs> nine, nine times out of ten, stupid band. He goes, shit name, shit band, right? Dude, it's just like the shit worst. Shit shit movie. And I like, don't know. And like, let's talk about know. why. So it's, it's a bad name for two reasons. Okay. One, because it just sounds dumb. It just, it doesn't roll off the tongue. It just, it just sounds really stupid. But what really has it, like, just has me fired up, and which is why this is on our Will It Suck segment, is because... If they come in and they make goddamn fucking Ray a fucking Skywalker, I swear to fucking fuck, I will fucking murder everybody. <laughs> that is so fucking stupid. That is the worst storytelling you could ever possibly do. You fucking fucks. Uh, we're not fanboys on this show. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely Who's not. the fucking Skywalker? If it's not Ray, it's got to be Kylo. Yeah. Now let's talk about that. Because if it is Kylo and Kylo does a right. face turn... That would be awesome. Okay, that would be awesome. That's the only way I will right. accept this dog shit title. Right. Is if Kylo Ren is the Skywalker they're right. talking about. Which is what we should have had in the last movie is Kylo Ren turning to be a good yes. guy. Right? Yes. So we'll talk about, you know, a little bit about the trailer, right? So the trailer looks awesome. It yes. looks awesome. Yes. It looks like Star Wars. It looks so cool seeing Rey with an obviously rebuilt lightsaber. Now, a lot of people are coming out there and they're saying it was Anakin's lightsaber. It was obviously not Anakin's lightsaber. Yeah, it looks different. Clearly not. It, it is in the same format as Anakin's lightsaber. It looks similar uh, to Anakin's isn't lightsaber. Isn't the first thing you complained about? Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> I'm a fucking Jedi fanatic, man. You know, I mean, come on. You know, and like, and like, okay, like I was hoping that she would have had a, a much different looking lightsaber, but it looks different enough yeah. that you you know that it isn't actually Anakin's lightsaber right. um, that that they that she uses. Yeah, right. And you have to assume she's hopefully built it on her own. Right. You know, because it looks right, like some time essentially. Has look, she has all the books. She has yeah. all the knowledge of the Jedi, and that's literally it's the final like, test. And that in Return of the Jedi is the big thing that Vader says when Luke created his own lightsaber. And he's holding Luke's lightsaber, awesome. and he ignites Luke's lightsaber, and he goes, "I see you've constructed a new lightsaber. Yep. Because your skills are now complete. Right. Yeah. So like that's obviously like a big thing in order to become a Jedi is you need to be able to create your own lightsaber. So this is and like if you read the book, if you read the Star Wars book. No, so there's there's a great book called Splinter of the Mind's Eye, and it, it happens. Um, it takes place in between uh, A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, and it is essentially where Luke travels to the planet where he goes and gets what's yeah. the name of the crystal the. the I forget what the crystals are called, actually. I want to say kyber crystals, but kyber, I'm, kyber, uh, kyber crystals, right? Yeah, something like yeah. that, right? I was gonna I, say, I, I was gonna say Macron crystals, but that's the, the yeah. that's the fucking Shi'ar. Yeah, that's the Shi'ar, and Kyburn is in Game of Thrones. I think right? so I think I it's Kyber. I think it's Kyber. Yeah, Kyber, something like yeah. that, right? But you're supposed to go and you have to use the Force into accurately putting the right. You actually use your hands, yeah. Yeah, you don't use your hands. You have to use yeah. the Force in order Jedi to put is. the yeah, exactly, <laughs> the lightsaber together. Anyway, so. Um, 
really cool seeing her do the backflip over the TIE fighter, right? Yeah. Which it was a TIE interceptor, I think, right? Interceptor, I think. Yeah, I think it's an interceptor, correct. yeah. Yeah. So tie interceptor, um, and she does the backflip. Obviously, he's going to cut the thing in half, right. which looks so cool. Um, seeing Lando Calrissian, hey Lando, Lando baby, with Chewie in the Millennium Falcon. I mean, that's as Star Wars as you can get. Yeah. Uh, the scene where where Ray is hugging Princess Leia, yep. awesome. Really a tear. And when they see the ruined Death Star, like you assume they're probably yeah, on they're Endor, probably on they Endor. Like, yeah. like, that's got to be where they yeah. are. Is on or, Endor. or 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 it or, could be the first Death Star, and they could be on Yavin 4 from yeah. A New Hope. Could be one or the other, okay. right? Okay. Other. Doesn't matter. Regardless, no, it doesn't it's matter. a cool looking yeah, scene. Yeah, it's a cool scene and, and they're seeing and overlooking the Death Star. So let's talk about the other thing. That, okay, let's that talk about the other big thing. Fanboys are shitting themselves over and for the life of me, I can't understand why. And I think this is the biggest place where you and I are going to disagree. Because at the end of the trailer, you hear a laugh. And it's the Emperor's laugh. It's 100% the Emperor's laugh. And everybody just started losing their minds. It's the Emperor. And I'm just sitting here going, the fuck? Yeah. Why is the Emperor there? Right. Why? 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 Right. Right. Why? Tell me why. Because you need a new main bad guy. And you already have an automatically credible bad guy it makes no sense in the way that they've told the story through. At because he's episode. dead. It makes no sense no, because he's no, 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 dead. No, no. Listen to me. It makes no sense that the Emperor wouldn't have a clone of himself. It makes no sense. He literally created the clone army. He would have a clone. The, the One of the absolute best Star Wars book trilogy is the Timothy Zahn trilogy. Right? Agreed. Right? With um, Dark Force Rising and... Uh, what are the other ones? The Heir to the Empire. Heir to the Empire right? and Last and Command. Last Command, yeah. right? And in those stories is a clone right. of the Emperor, right? The clone Emperor comes back and he's the main bad guy in those stories, right? I think it's awesome. I have wanted a clone Emperor. I wish they would have done a clone Emperor instead of doing Snoke. So, Snoke sucked. He was stupid. He made no sense as a villain. I hated him. I was so happy when he died. Right? That was, like, one of the best scenes that they did. And killing him off, I thought it was great. And I think it's great to bring back the idea of a cloned emperor. So what you just said, I agree with. But it's also the reason why it's so infuriating. Because if they do, if it is a clone emperor, which does make a lot of sense. And and it makes a lot of sense. Like you said, to bring back this established villain. But... This is the last movie of this trilogy. For sure. They've made it clear this is For the sure. end of this story. 100%. And to your point, it just feels it feels to me like they're sitting there going, Okay, nobody likes Snoke. We nobody likes Snoke. We killed him. Now what? So yeah. now let's just give you the Emperor, which is such a fucking cheap way to get out of it. If sure. they had, from sure. the very beginning, like you said, instead yep. of Snoke, have a character who, like, you don't necessarily need to reveal it in the first movie, but in the second movie, reveal that this character is a clone of the Emperor, that would be awesome. But to me, to just bring the Emperor in, whether he's a clone or a Force Ghost, or whatever the fuck he is, in this movie just feels like cheap garbage storytelling that they're just doing to get people on board to see this movie. It's like, hey, it's the Emperor! <laughs> like, so, he's coming out like on a fucking Jay Leno skit. Like, but Like, come on! I think that their hand was almost forced, right? Because you're absolutely correct. This is the last 
story in the saga, right? And so I think it makes more sense to have an already established bad guy. Like you need to have an established bad guy to take over as the main bad guy, especially if Kylo Ren is going to turn right. face, right? If he's going to become a good guy. So if Kylo Ren is going to become a good guy, you need an, an ultimate, immediately relatable, bad, bad guy. And the only way that you can do it is bring back the Emperor, right? And I think that – I think just like they did in Game of Thrones, I think they should just give it to us right away in the movie. I think the movie should start off where it is the reveal of the Emperor within the first 15 minutes of the movie. It has to be. It's right? the only way they're going to – the only way they're going to sell it. Like, right. You have and, to be there. establish him yeah. as the, the main bad guy. Yeah, right, right. And then, and then you hear that it was really the Emperor who was behind the First Order the whole time. Right. Right? Right. And, okay, fine. I'm Now I'm sold. On that, on that aspect – I'm 100% sold. I think it would be great. I think it would be great for the story. I think it would really make this cool. I think that there is going to be the Knights of Ren, which we're finally going to get. Thank God. Which, yeah, thank God, which they, they should have been there way earlier, but um, and definitely in the last movie. But you know, All I'm going to say about gonna be, this movie I now... Think it's gonna be, uh, I think it's... I think it's going to be really good. I, I think that this movie, I think it's in the right hands. I think you have the right actors. I think you've got a good story. There's enough nostalgia there to remind you of the originals. Um, you know, and I think that, and I'm hoping that we get some, uh, you know, some, some, some really cool moments. Right now, I'm just going to go with... <sighs> you just have so much fanboy hate for this. It's I ridiculous. do. I, I, I just, the, oh God, the fucking, whatever. I'm, I'm done. Let's talk about who won the week. So wait, well, let's, <laughs> let's Will it suck? Will it suck? Possibly. Uh, it, it, it There's might. like a, fi- it it's 50, 50 right might. now, man. It really it's 50, might. 50 it right might. now. <laughs> I don't think that it will. I think it's going to be good. Uh-huh. So I'm saying it will not suck. I'm leaning on the side of, of will moderately suck right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we've gone a little bit long here, but wrapping up the, uh, the show here, as always, we do who will win the week. So um, this weekend, not a lot that's coming out. Um, not, to no one's surprise, last weekend Shazam won the weekend. Um, had a total of about twenty-four million. Yeah, twenty-four point five, something like that. Twenty-four and a half million dollars uh, last weekend, which is great. It's really it's starting to get up there. Um, not doing as well as some of the other superhero movies, right? Certainly right. not as well as Aquaman or anything else. But it's definitely up there. Um, so it, it'll be it'll do really really well. Um, I don't think it had a, a release in China, did it? Not yet. No, it has it not had the international release right, yet. Right, because I, I think that'll it didn't boost abide, numbers, and I didn't. Yeah. I don't think it abided by the China rules. No, I don't think so. It doesn't so. have a Chinese actor. It doesn't right. have like uh, that'll. Uh, well, it doesn't no. have a scene that was set in China. True, but it does have the guy that um one of the Captain yeah, Marvel family. family right, the I don't know kid. if he's Chinese. So the <laughs> so the movies that are coming out this week. Um, are uh, just big piles of shit, mostly. <laughs> like, so, you know, it makes you wonder. So the movie's coming out this week. It's a movie called Breakthrough. It's a drama that has uh, uh, Topher Grace in yeah, it. Yeah, Topher Grace. Um, it's only getting released on 2,700 screens. Um, yeah. This movie has gotten zero buzz, zero publicity, so there's no way this is going to win. Yeah. Um, the Penguins documentary by Disney, the Disney Nature brand they have, um, yeah. those movies are not to be underestimated. They always do very well. It looks but pretty cool. It's only coming out on 1,700 screens. 
And then there's this Curse of La Llorona, La Llorona, whatever it is. Wait, which has gotten a lot of advertising. It's right. definitely gotten a lot of TV time. But it looks like a huge steaming pile. Yeah, now these, it doesn't these... really look like that great of a horror movie. And quite yeah. frankly, I'm surprised that Pet Cemetery didn't do better than it has. I agree. Right? And I think that's a big tell that this is not really going to yeah. do that well. And these, these horror movies like La Llorona, they're... They always go one of two ways. They either, um, you know, whether they're whether they're good or bad movies, they always either break the bank or just get completely buried. Yeah. I think this one is going to get buried despite the fact that it's opening up on 3,400 screens. Yeah. So with the momentum that Shazam has, both being a critical favorite and a fan favorite, I think that Shazam will take the weekend for the third weekend. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that Shazam is going to take the weekend. Um, I don't think that La Llorona has enough uh, star power to, to make it you know, that big-time movie. And I think Shazam is, is definitely going to take the weekend. Again, I think that more people – in fact, I think that you're going to see a really underperforming weekend in the box office because nobody really cares. Everyone cares about Game of Thrones. Exactly. That's really what everybody cares about. That's the big thing that, that everyone's th- looking forward to. Everyone was glued to their screen this yeah. past Sunday. Everyone's going to be glued to their screen next Sunday as and well. Then, and then next week too, don't forget. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Avengers, hello. No, next weekend – yeah. Th- this oh, yeah. weekend is oh, yeah. this, this shit. Week, yeah, this Next weekend, weekend yeah, is Avengers. Avengers. Yeah, and Avengers. So I think people are yeah. Just yeah. like we just like we predicted, yeah, I think Shazam I think our prediction yeah. I think yeah, our prediction will come true. Shazam will will continue to to take hold until uh, Avengers Endgame comes out next weekend yep. and literally destroys everybody. Yeah, and Avengers Endgame is going to just absolutely. Oh God, I can't wait. I can't wait for the review on that one. Man, we have our tickets we, secured. Yeah, we bought our Friday tickets night. Ago. As soon as they went on sale, we bought our yeah. tickets. Way to go, Monster Bunny, think, for being on top of that. Yeah, thank you, Monster Bunny. You're the best. Um, and um, uh, yeah, just really excited. Can't wait to see it. Um, and it also happens to be my birthday weekend, oh, so that's also that. We're get cool. drunk then. All right. Oh, yes, yeah. let's do it. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in. As always, true reviewers, make absolutely. sure you go subscribe to all of our stuff. All of our episodes are up on SoundCloud and Spotify. Yeah. Go give them us a listen. Give them. I just said, give them us a listen. Give, give them us, give a, us, listen. Give us <laughs> a listen. Give us a like. Make sure you uh, you comment. Give us five stars. Give us a review on uh, both Spotify and SoundCloud. Um, yeah, and uh, as always, stay tuned, true reviewers.